It's common knowledge that hiring the right people is one of the most important things a company can do. You can have the best technology and infrastructure in the world, but at the end of the day, the people and the passion and the talent they bring to the table are the heart of any business. Now, hiring was always an involved process, and since the pandemic, you could argue it's become even harder. So how do you ensure you're still hiring the same caliber of employee when you can't even meet them or shake their hand? How does a company who predominantly relied on in-person hiring suddenly transition to a virtual hiring process? Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, best practices, and strategic insights that help us move forward in business and in life. I'm Elliot, your host, and I'm back once again with Chad Reed, Jotform's VP of Marketing and Communications, to talk about how he hires these days. Chad, welcome back. Thanks, Elliot. Happy to be back. What a fun topic. Oh, yes. I know this is one of your favorites. Um, I know that what we're talking about today, you know, remote hiring, is definitely something you've had to make a big adjustment with in the last year. Um, Jotform is growing rapidly, even since the pandemic. So you've had the good burden of having to spearhead a pretty quick expansion of our marketing team here in San Francisco. Um, that's a great position to be in, of course, but uh, still brings its own sets of challenges, to be sure. Since before the pandemic, I think you mostly just hired in person. Um, so to kick us off, can you talk a little bit about your transition to remote hiring and some of the challenges you faced with it in the last year? Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, it's it's a it's actually a really great position to be in to have to adapt to remote hiring. You know, we're, we're in a fortunate position to be in a, a period of growth. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of the challenges of remote hiring are just challenges of hiring. Hiring is mm-hmm. a really difficult thing and just the way our company is structured uh, or has been structured um, you know our, our San Francisco office is is kind of uh, autonomous with hiring where our HR department is in, is in Turkey so mm-hmm. um, a lot of the hiring uh, you know falls rests, rests on my shoulders mm-hmm. if we want to add people to the marketing team uh, which has got to be pretty pretty cool in a way like you have a direct hand and a lot of the people that are on our team you've hired them actually yeah. personally hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I would actually go as far as saying that's probably the most important thing I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the biggest, I, I feel like the biggest mark I've actually met, you know, made on the, on the company and on our team is, is just the hiring. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's really important. Um, it's a great skill for anyone to learn. So, uh, it's, it's been awesome, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a it's challenging. Um, it's, it's challenging to kind of build that rapport, build that connection with someone, and throughout the, the interview process when, when you're relying on, uh, you know, video or, or phone mm-hmm. call or something like that. But um, we've kind of made do, you know, I, I think Zoom or Google Meet, like it, it's it's uh, it's sufficient for what it is. Uh, you know, it, you're not going to like, it always feels like you're, you're doing a little bit of a show or a presentation or something like that. It's not right. as, as personal. Uh, so that, that, that part's tricky and it's also tricky for the candidate. But, uh, you know, otherwise it's, it's, what we all have to do. And it's, it's been, yeah, it's been fine. Yeah. I think it's just a shift in expectations in general, um, because that's the way pretty much every place is now. Yeah. Um, so it's keeping up with the times, but can you walk us through sort of the difference in the process, like what an interview process looked like pre pandemic in person and what it looks like now post pandemic virtually? I think it was pretty similar. You know, I think maybe the one, the one thing that stuck out as a difference is, uh, 
for I, I do like an initial. I actually probably do one one extra step, and now now that everything is uh, remote, where I, I do mm-hmm. like a thirty minute, uh, really brief like one on one, or you know maybe like small group or one on one with with a candidate, and that that was so short that I I never would have had them come into the office for for such mm-hmm. a short interview, but it also allows me to it gives me the the flexibility to. Uh, to schedule a lot of them because I feel like I can, you know, and, you know, you, you can actually get more information than, than you realize in 30 minutes from, right. you know, you've been on those interviews too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you really get a sense of someone and, you know, we can do four or five, six in a day. And uh, so that, that's actually been a real, real benefit. Uh, and then just, you know, something that even when, when we transition into, you know, back, back being into the office, it makes a lot of sense to continue doing some sort of a initial video, you know, video call. And that's beyond the screening. Cause I, I do, I do like a, my own like screening process using job form even, which we'll probably talk about later. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So I think it's, uh, that's been a big, big key difference, I guess. I think the interviews were probably longer when, when the people were in office coming in and like there were actually groups of people. And I think, uh, being in the office, it lends itself to a lot more casual fluid like discussion where I feel like we, we feel like we all have to like, keep it to a certain like meeting time or something when it's, when it's on videos. So I think that, I think, I, you know, well, so it actually, again, sounds like a good thing. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the interviews tend, even the longer interviews tend to be a little bit shorter when they're, when they're over video. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, just, it's been an adjustment, but I, I think it's, it's been something we've done pretty well. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll probably take some of the best practices from that and, and transfer it to, you know, when we're back in the office. Yeah, I could see maybe even some kind of um, hybrid sort of version where, you know, you have a touch base call on Zoom, something like that, or Google Meets. Yeah. And then maybe the the larger group meeting is uh, is actually in person when they get to meet people in the office and stuff like that. Because yeah. currently we really just have um, two interviews for the, the whole process right now. And was that similar to what it was pre-pandemic? I wasn't here pre-pandemic. Did you have them come in twice? Was it really just one long interview? Or how, how was that part changed? Yeah, it was pretty much just one long interview. I think it was, you know, a two-hour interview for for just about every role that we had. Uh, Which is quite different, I feel like, from a lot of companies that have <laughs> put people through the ringers with like eight individual interviews with different contributors. Yeah. I Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to waste anyone's time, so... Uh, you know, I don't want to waste anyone's, I'm, I'm especially, uh, aware of the time of, of like my colleagues, Mm -hmm. you know, like I I don't want to take, make them do individual interviews, uh, or, um, you know, I don't want a whole day lost of productivity where everyone on the marketing team is, is finding a new colleague. I mean, I, I understand that's critical and like they need to weigh in on that, but, but like if we can, if we can condense it to a shorter period of time and do, you know, small batch group interviews and like get the whole process done in two hours. And that's also respectful to the, the uh, candidate. You know, a lot of them have other jobs uh, and or other obligations and like asking them to spend a, you know, a full day in the office with us is a big, it's a big ask. And it's, it's an un- unnecessary ask too, because I think we get uh, a lot of the information that we need in a pretty short period of time. So we try to keep it, you know, we try to keep our inter- interview process relatively short. Yeah, uh, which is... Yeah. Which is a really cool thing about about job form, um, I think. Um, you know, I, I have a couple of close friends who are going through interview processes right now, and um, they've had upwards of six interviews, and they don't even know how many are left. God, you know, and, and just a company being transparent about expectations with interviews, uh, I, I think, is so valuable because I think job form. 
um, you have two longer interviews, but it's with a lot more intentionality and structure. Yeah. And I remember for my interview, I had to give, you know, a presentation, a, mm -hmm. a take home challenge. You kind of show your chops, you show your presenting skills, and then you get to answer questions for everyone. Um, and then you have it written down on a doc. So there's no retreading. It keeps it efficient. And uh, everyone kind of gets a vibe at the same time of, you know, sort of who this person is and if they're going to be welcome on the team. Yeah. Um, it, so, makes, it makes me mad that companies do that. It really does. I, I think it's, uh, I, I think that's like the companies patting themselves in the back a little bit. Like, look how serious we take our hiring, and you know, we we will, you know, we'll we'll drag this out for six months to make sure that. Yeah. And a lot of the interviews are the same questions because you can tell these people don't cross-reference. Right, yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're having to answer the same questions over and over and over again. Seven Whereas we have now. our we yeah. have our doc, like these are the questions we're going to ask and make sure we don't retread because we want to be efficient both for the sake of ourselves and, and for the interviewee. Um, and I don't think that's specific to being virtual. I think that's just remote, uh, that's just hiring etiquette in general Yeah. Um, is not having to do that. But especially when remote because, um, mm. you know, sometimes we get interviewees like like I was my previous job didn't even know I was interviewing so it's going to be hard for me to schedule eight different coffee breaks or sick times you know right. whereas I can <laughs> schedule you know a couple hours for sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> for something like that you know but uh yeah no I think it's a it's an important philosophical approach that I at least appreciate the way that um Jotform does it I guess sort of on that front with the transition to to remote um, are we hiring and do you think a lot of companies are focusing more on hiring for remote positions or are we still trying to fill positions that are kind of centered geographically around where we are sort of, you know, kind of in your role as you're expanding the team? Um, how important do you, is it, do you think, uh, to have people geographically nearby versus kind of opening up the pool to any candidates? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a question that so many companies are asking, and I think it's so role dependent that it's hard to even, you know. Well, the, I I think like for some roles, obviously, like they they don't have to necessarily be in the office uh, as often. Like we have a lot of content roles, a lot of writing roles. Mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine if we're if we're you know adding on to our uh, our content team that like they have to be specific to the the, the Bay Area. Um, but you know, that, that also like limits your candidate pool. Like if, yeah. you know, that's, that's, I think that's probably the key benefit of remote hiring or like doing a national search is that you can, you know, really open it up really. Yeah. By it by many, many multiples. So that's, that's a huge benefit. Uh, but for a lot of our positions, like you have to, you know, reasonably kind of be in the Bay area and, mm -hmm. and like, a, like video for instance, right? Like what, uh, if, uh, you know, our, our, senior videographer who's like produce, helping produce this podcast, producing this podcast, uh, you know, he can't, he can't do this remotely in the same capacity. Imagine like, you know, it's, he's, he's setting up the equipment, he's doing all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And for that, uh, for those same, same reasons, you and I, uh, can't be remote either. Yeah. That wouldn't, that wouldn't work out too <laughs> yeah. well. We're, we're so, kind of tethered here. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that, how companies uh, approach that going forward, but yeah, um, I think it varies. But and also, you know, Jotform, we we hope to be able to go back to the office in in some respect. I know a lot of companies and tech companies, some of us are kind of going remote first or remote forward. And um, you know, I I personally am actually excited to get back to the office at least a few days a week and you know start to have those touch points because I've never really been to the office. You know, yeah. as we kind of <laughs> talked about our last podcast, but. Um, yeah, I, I still think it's nice to have a, a hub of people that are actually nearby and they're on the same time zone and it just kind of uh, makes it a little bit more relatable in that in that regard. Um, 
Let's move on a little bit to how you actually mentioned this a little bit earlier and using JotForm actually uh, in the interview process. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. how you, you work that in and why? For sure. I, I would say it's almost the the way that the most important ways that I use JotForm are, are actually for hiring. Uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been great. It, um, I use it like to, to kick things off as a form screen. So I, I, this is something I learned, uh, you know, when I was doing my first couple hires is like phone screens are the kind of the worst. Like they're, I really don't like them, especially like not being an HR professional. If, if I'm, if I'm, uh, trying to do like something marketing related and then I have to take 10 to 15 minutes to do like a really quick phone screen. And we're By talking phone like, screen, you mean a quick introductory call? Introductory call, right? Yeah. Like make sure that they're like really interested in the position, like clarify some things on their, um, in their background that maybe need some clarification, get a sense of salary expectations, mm -hmm. right? Cause I, I, I think we, uh, we don't want to, yeah, we, we don't want misalignment on that and then have it, you know, both parties not really knowing what the other is, is thinking and then gets out of the offer date and there be some sort of surprise. So I also think that's really important. And yeah. Saves time. For sure. It saves time. Right. So, so yeah, you know, early on I was doing these, these phone, phone screens, uh, you know, trying to weed out or like identify candidates that, that are going to be like coming in for these, uh, for these interviews. And, uh, yeah, they, I, oh, well, okay. Here, here's the, the other thing I didn't like about phone screens, I don't have very good handwriting. Um, <laughs> and I, I also don't have like fantastic note taking ability. So whether I was like really talking yourself trying, up here, trying to, yeah, <laughs> whether I was like trying to transcribe what they're saying in real time or if I was like scribbling it down, yeah. on a, uh, you know, on a, on a notepad, like I was not really getting great information. Right. Uh, so I, yeah, I basically swapped that process out for a form screen where I basically ask the same questions, the, the same like three questions, like again, not very long, same three questions or so that I would have been asking in a uh, phone, you know, on a phone call. Uh, but I can fire those off without like scheduling time on my calendar. And then, you know, I'm getting the responses back and I try to leave some room at the end too for, for questions that they have for me. And then I, you know, I'll, I'll hop on there and like, and trying to try to answer the questions in, in an email format, but. And that's a bit of a filter in itself because you need people to obviously proactively fill out the form and then you can kind of get a gauge of how much effort they put into doing so, like crafting the right. questions, crafting the, the answers. So that's sort of almost, yeah, a first touch point filter that I think uh, really is valuable in narrowing down the, the candidate pool for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've found it, yeah, to be really helpful and, um, you know, it still takes some effort, like responding to everyone's emails, but I also really appreciate when people ask questions. So it's not a, uh, yeah, it's not a burden. Yeah. By, by, by and stretch. then it's uh, all transcribed right there for you. So you don't need to take exactly. any notes yeah. on that. It's in their words. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's perfect. Um, it's, an it's also good too. If, like, if, I, uh, if it's a position that, that, um, benefits them to have like a, a portfolio or something, there's, you know, there can be a link for a portfolio. So yeah, it just gets all the information. Right, 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 you know, right where I need right. it. Right. So. It honestly does make a, a lot of sense. Um, and I, I'm so used to it at this point. I'm, I don't even know how other companies would go through that first step process. Uh, it just feels like a lot of work. So yeah. we transition onto that. So after the after the form screen, what come what comes next? Yeah. So, you know, JobForm has these amazing new appointment features. So mm -hmm. we're actually using uh, an appointment scheduler form. Uh, which is, you know, again, really time saving, uh, yep. I, anything that, that, that gets rid of like the back and forth of like 
does this time for work for you? And then like, no, it doesn't like wait a couple hours, like send it back. And, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think, I think it's been, been hugely beneficial and we do have a Google calendar integration. So, mm-hmm. um, able to sync that up with my, my work calendar and, and, uh, just fire it off. Like I, I have, uh, some times that I kind of look at my calendar and calendar and realize like those are, um, you know, blocks that I could, you know, do a batch of interviews or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, just fire off the form and, and let them, let them pick what works best for them. Uh, and then, yeah, it goes to my calendar. So I think it's, uh, yeah, been, been a newer one that, uh, that we've used kind of in the last year, but it's, it's, uh, definitely been a big time saver. I mean, all this stuff is saving me time. That's, that's, like that's the that's key, whole point the of key it. to using job form through, through this process. Yeah. We've actually just up, uh, updated our, our appointment schedule scheduler function um just put a webinar out on that so you guys should check it out but uh i think that is helpful because it's sort of um the the, the virtual age instead of emailing back and forth what's a good time set a form here are the available times you book it and you know it integrates with your calendar yeah um, keeps it easy for everyone uh yeah absolutely and then what about um another thing that we we often do which are uh challenge submissions or take-home assignments yeah um, we facilitate those through job form as well do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah, for sure. I mean, pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, we'll give them a prompt for, you know, depending on the role, but like we'll, we'll typically give a prompt for a, a take-home challenge or something that they can work on and present. But, you know, we want them to have it submitted before. Uh, if it's something that we want them to have submitted before they come in for their interview, like a writing sample, mm-hmm. um, then we'll have like a video uh, or no, not a video, like a chat or a challenge submission form where basically they can send a file or something like that. Uh, and it keeps it keeps it easy. We'll we'll sync that usually with like, um, well, we actually usually integrate that one with Slack into like mm-hmm. a marketing channel or whoever is like going to be involved in the interview. And then when the challenge comes in, everyone's got it right there. Uh, so yeah, it's helpful. It's, right. uh, yeah, it's been been pretty great. And and another cool part about um, all this, especially I imagine from your end because you're setting up and sending a lot of these materials, is that you can see them all at one time on job form tables. So you have the form mm-hmm. submission and you can have, you know, um, they schedule appointment, their challenge submission. You can bring in all those forms and link them all up to the same table. So you have one place to access any relevant information um, and any submissions or anything from any of your candidates. Yeah, um, and it just so, becomes this huge hiring portal, yeah. Exactly, no, exactly. Yeah, totally. So that, that part's pretty helpful as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, after the interview, we also do evaluations, again, using job form and um, its survey functions. I know that you set up um, kind of a cool little survey, just sort of what are, what are our thoughts. Um, you ask us to, to rate a few criteria of them. Um, of theirs. And uh, I'm sure that factors into your decision as well, of course, because again, you can then compare apples to apples. What's what's everybody saying about this yeah. candidate and how they feel about them? For sure. I, you know, that's not something I did originally either. Um, and I, I regret not doing it for, for like early hires uh, because I think it's, you you can go around and like ask everyone what they think and, and get kind of a sense, but like it's, it's some, it's, it's, it's nice to have it uh, metric based and right. like have people evaluate based on like specific criteria, like how well did they answer questions? How prepared were they? How, you know, uh, how was their take home challenge? Like yeah. have uh, everyone kind of weigh in on that. Much uh, the and then fit. like the, honestly, like the block of text that I, I, I ask everyone to like give their thoughts is I read, I read those really carefully. Cause I think it's, that's like the open ended where we're actually typing in. Okay. Yeah. Like, what do we mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it just gives you like such a better holistic sense of like how how a candidate actually performed in the eyes of everyone that 
that talk. And I also don't, it, it gets rid of the like uh, group discussion mm-hmm. bias, I guess, too, because we used to do that as well. Like we used to uh, interview a candidate and this is, this is something that, well, actually, so going back to like the remote process versus, uh, versus in person. So mm-hmm. in person, we used to like huddle up after and like discuss, right. discuss a candidate. Uh, and I think people would like, we would go around and like talk, uh, you know, each person would like kind of weigh in, but, uh, I think people would, would answer that question based on how the previous person did, you know, like it wasn't, uh, I don't know. Like I, I it's hard not to be influenced by whatever everyone else thinking. Right. Like if you really like a candidate, but then you just heard three people say, yeah, but they were kind of boring. And then you get to you and you, you know, you know, it's hard to be the person that's like, no, they weren't like, right. <laughs> they were really, you know, well, that just goes also the concept of pluralistic ignorance, which is why, uh, you know, some boards have difficulty making decisions because if you have a concern, but no one else is voicing concern, you think, okay, it must not really be an important concern. So I shouldn't right. voice that. Um, I just learned about that in my MBA course. So <laughs> just, just had to throw that in there. <laughs> but it, it makes total sense because we have a marketing team of like 10, 12 people and that's yeah. growing. So if you have everyone huddling, some of them might not feel as comfortable sharing. And then, yeah, you have the whole group social dynamic right. um, where it makes it a little more challenging to speak up as opposed to just having, you know, pretty much some semi um, autonomous uh, surveys that you can just fill out and um, give rather it's subjective, but you can object objectively tally up like their scores. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you can go to your job form table and see, OK, this candidate got 4.7 average response on culture fit from, you know, all 13 people. And that that's a pretty good indicator, indicator right yeah. there. And I, and I do that. I do that, that very same thing, especially when I pass up a recommendation to our CEO. Like, I think mm-hmm. we really want to hire this person. This is, these are their average scores. Right. You know, like, you know, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's super, it's, it's great to have that like tangible numeric, like evidence-based, like this, this is clearly the best person based on these criteria yeah. and like, and not just like we went around the room and I think this is the person that we like the right. most. Not that we didn't make some great hires that way, but I think that's, uh, it's something that, yeah, using job form for evaluations has been like a really, a big process improvement in terms of like identifying like who's actually the best candidate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And of course, still still huddling with like key stakeholders, like direct reports, anything like that is is important. But when it comes to just the the team at large and getting the everyone's overall perception, yeah, 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, so then moving on, I put something in here that I thought would be interesting to to address because I think it's another thing that a lot of companies are having to deal with. Um, a, a big part of the draw for even this job for me was the fact, you know, it was based in San Francisco. You mm. get, uh, you know, lunches on Fridays. Super easy Bart Drive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the lore of sort of a cool SF tech office experience. And of course, with the pandemic and, you know, now that you're hiring, hiring remotely, you, you yeah. don't really have that to, to leverage. Um, and that, that can kind of be a, a cool hiring point, I think, for a lot of companies and a lot of like tech companies in san francisco that sort of had that vibe uh, have that culture so have you had to adjust or, or revise anything when it comes to that or do you feel like that really hasn't been too much of a big deal i don't think it's been a well hopefully you know our like free lunch fridays aren't the aren't the thing that are, <laughs> people are accepting our jobs for i guess <laughs> uh yeah we, i mean we've we, we just put like a uh notation that you know an asterisk next to like the 
the benefits, the mm-hmm. you know, culture benefits that are not available during during the pandemic, and that will hopefully one day be be open to everyone when you know, yeah, I mean, totally. But they're they're definitely they're one hundred percent a recruiting tool that we're just mm-hmm. unable to tap into, and, and yeah. who knows what that looks like even when like I can't can't even imagine if it were allowed when we all go back, like that we all even go out to lunch again because we're gonna have a big team and. Uh, what what are restaurants you know, <laughs> going to be doing at that point? Will they even allow such such yeah, a six person yeah, so. capacity limit? But that that is also a perk to at least having a plan to go back into the office as opposed to being remote first, where essentially yeah. that option is removed entirely. And we we touched on a little bit in our last episode of you know their their remote and virtual happy hours, the trivia games. Like we still try to yeah. try to cultivate that sense even sort of without that. That yeah, card for especially sure. especially for new hires. Honestly, yeah, uh, I think that's we have to be really. It's forced us to be really like careful about how we way onboard, and uh, you know, you have to create additional touch points with with the new hire, and not not just let them be on their own. You know, day one or day two on the job when they're just sitting there in their living room or whatever, and and trying to figure out this new job with like these strangers who are sending them emails. Like it's good to. You gotta you gotta have touch points and and create some like create some culture. Um, you know, I think it's yeah, it, it's it's super important. Yeah, I remember uh, my first week on the job getting the prompt from you to to create uh, to to schedule virtual coffee dates with members of the team, which I think was clever in that it forced me to become familiar with the job form application of you know obviously creating the form integrating it with my calendar mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and then actually putting you know time on the calendar to be able to talk to people in the in the marketing team just for 15 minutes a quick you know who who we are like usually I've talked to them before because they've been in the hiring process but uh, still to get that one-on-one time yeah um, so I, I always thought that was a really cool sort of onboarding tactic and it gets people familiar because as we kind of touched on the last episode, some roles have a lot more interaction with people in the office than other roles. Like a content For writer sure. might not have as much interaction as like you or I do. Um, so I think that's something important to, to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, so we covered this a little bit, but I also wanted to talk about um, who from, we, we have a growing marketing team, like I said, 12 to 14 people. And who from our side will generally participate in the Zoom interviews? And, you know, at what stage do they come in? And was it similar to sort of the in-person setup uh, when we probably had a smaller team? Was it all hands on deck in the interview? Um, Or was it just kind of the key stakeholders? And, you know, kind of how does that work as everything, one, stays and goes remote? And two, our office continues to scale? Like who who actually needs to be involved? Yeah, that's a great Timely question for us, huh? I mean, uh, so we're just in the process of kind of evaluating how we do group interviews or how many people are involved. But my philosophy up until you know recently has been like everyone should like mm-hmm. our team is small enough where uh, our marketing team is small enough where everyone you know like you should all have some some sort of a, a you know a, just like a, an opinion on on like who we're bringing in mm-hmm. because like we're going to share a small office like. There's going to be enough collaboration even between someone who's working in partnerships and copywriting where you need to like get a sense if they're going to be a good cu- culture fit when you're when you're bringing a hire on. Uh, but I think we're at that point where uh, you know we're we're a little too big to to drag everyone into the interview process, yeah. and then we also have to be conscious of like people's time. So uh, you know, like do you know taking a dozen people into an interview for for like a junior level hire. 
you know, I mean, while it's nice on paper, you're also that's that's that becomes an, uh, an expensive thing yeah. to do in terms of resources. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're adjusting that a little bit more to basically be like, uh, you know, and anyone who's in any kind of like a, a leadership position or kind of a team leads, uh, just so they can sort of represent people who are on their team in terms of making a cultural, you know, culture decision on a hire. And then also anyone who's like directly on that team. So for hiring someone for the video team, anyone who's uh, currently on the video team is going to be in that interview. You know, it, it shrinks the the total number of interview interviewers, but I think it's a better experience and probably probably the way to go. And it's just a you know a product of growing. You know, good 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 issue to have. Yeah, yeah it's at some point you can't just have the whole company. You know. <laughs> Yeah. And at least it's uh, group interviews when people do interview uh, yeah. like at once, as opposed to every single person on the marketing team does a does a separate inter- interview, touching on sort of what we hit on earlier, which is where just an inefficient process, I think, to have everyone doing that um, totally. separately, for sure. Um, so now let's go on to a topic I, I, I know you can really sink your teeth into. <laughs> uh, tips and etiquette you share for remote interviewees. Yeah. Um, so any advice you'd give anyone who is trying to get a job in this pandemic era and have to, um, you know, apply for one and go through the interview process? What are your nuggets of wisdom for them? Yeah. Um, I, looking at a couple of your notes, you have a good one on the top, like uh, dressing for a Zoom interview. Uh, this is just something that uh, really dawned on me recently. I mean, not, not that like even in our, like, I don't dress up, you know, I don't dress up, but so it, it's hard to even cast. You didn't wear your hoodie today. So that was, <laughs> that was an upgrade. <laughs> uh, but like people who do dress up and they, if they dress up for a zoom interview, I know they're taking it seriously. And like, I do, I do really appreciate that. I never dock someone who, who like shows up in a t-shirt like that, you know, that, that that's fine. Like, they can look at enough uh, employee pictures to realize like we, we, you know, they're matching the culture or something, but if they're, mm-hmm. if they, if they make an effort, that's obviously really important. But I did put a list of five uh, interview mistakes or like the, the I've, I've ranked like the five like biggest no-nos uh, that, that uh, often disqualify candidates. Okay. Coming from someone who's hired most of the people in this office, be excited to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Listen up. Uh, and it's amazing. All five of these are extremely common, uh, but uh, you know they ultimately when they when they reveal themselves, then then we make makes the decision very easy to to unfortunately uh, you know move on to the next mm-hmm. candidate. Yep. Uh, but the first one is not doing research. Uh, so if they if 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 they've not done at least not only just basic company research, but like role research, you know, for hiring someone for social media, and they don't have anything to say about our social media channels. Uh, you know, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, we're not, we're not, I'm not talking like research, research. I mean, just like have a, have an opinion. General know, idea. General it idea. Like, it. It, it just, it shows that you're interested in the role and that's uh, a very yeah. qualifying question to determine someone's actual interest or if they're just like, side note, in, in the age of LinkedIn, there's like one click applying thing. Like you get, it's such a mixed bag. It's a blessing and a curse. Like you, you get so many candidates, but you get so many candidates who didn't even bother reading the job description and, are, you know, and it, it sucks because some of them look good on paper and then you go through this process and then you realize like, 
well, you know, maybe maybe they're not good for this after all. They really don't care about the job. Yeah, I'm not step one. You think it would be common sense, right? If you're a partnerships role, you should look at our partnerships and our integrations. If you're in the yeah. video role, you should know what we publish on our YouTube channel. Like, yeah. it, it, you would think it's common sense, but you're you're right. Even in you know what I've been joining in on the interviews lately, it is uh, somewhat shocking how some people aren't really prepared at all to talk about the role that they're interviewing for. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. remarkable. No, I, I, yeah, I could go on and on and, uh, this is, yeah, but that, that's, a, that's a big one. Okay. That, number that's one. number one. Number two, not having a good answer for why you want to work at Jotform. At the company specifically. Yeah. At the company specifically. Like if, if, and then and this is, I think it's just a great simple interview question for any company to do. Just why do you want to work at this company? Mm-hmm. And if their answer is like, well, the, it, the bad answers, the worst answers that are that show up very, very commonly are, well, the job description, uh, you know, I think I can do that job. Bad answer. Yeah. Very bad answer. Happens a lot. Yeah. Bad answer. So I can't stand that. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the number two. Uh, yeah, just, you know, disqualifying mistake that, you know, you should be able to talk about, like, really love what your company is doing. I read your a few of your blog posts. I read... Uh, some notes from your CEO, like really tried your product. Awesome. Really want to be involved in that. Like, I don't care if you BS it, but that's what I want to hear. And you, you, you know, you better damn well say Yeah. It. You have to give something. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the worst answer is a, I need a job slash money. B, yeah. I feel like my skills are commensurate with the position. Yeah. And that's great. But again, that doesn't show intentionality, but what you really want is, okay, not only this position, not only these skills, but why this company specifically? Cause mm-hmm. I mean, let's say we're, we're a tech company in San Francisco. There's a bunch of other tech companies in San Francisco. Like why do, why do you want to work for Jotform specifically? Right. And, uh, you know, I think having that that kernel is vital, especially, you know, in still a pretty small team where it makes a big difference and we're in rapid growth. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so it's, 100% it's agree. Um, number three, not sending a thank you follow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I, I feel like I'm folks. old school for like hanging on to this as, as like a, something that's really important to me. But to me, it's like it's not it's not about the. I don't need to be thanked. It's not about being thanked. It's about them expressing or reassert using the opportunity to reassert mm-hmm. their interest in the job and their enthusiasm yep. for the position. So if they're not doing that, I just, even if they interviewed great, I just think maybe they thought and they don't want it. Like, and yep. I don't want people that don't want it. Like I, I don't want to hire people who are, you know, yeah, equivocate on, on their interest in the position. So I think, you know, so critically important to me because it, it just, it, uh, it, yeah, it just shows me that they're they're enthusiastic, that they have the right attitude, and I think it's you know it's also a tool for for candidates. Like it, it's their opportunity to uh, you know address anything in the interview that maybe didn't go their way, or it allows them to send a follow up link that they talked about, or you know like kind of continue the conversation. And and so the ones that do it really well are proactive with it, and like you can really use that to to give yourself a leg up and 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 an otherwise like crowded field uh but you know that's uh that's something that not sending one at all is like a yeah that's a big that's a big no-no for me yeah i think it's i think it's still etiquette for just interview decorum mm-hmm. and how you know i, I think that's still taught even in, in looking it up and i think if you don't it's either it either expresses ignorance that you're just not supposed to in which case you don't really know what you're doing or yeah. b you're just you're you're not that interested um so i agree it's sort of i don't even necessarily think it's old-fashioned i still just think that's a really important thing to do and 
today's day and age. And I think you made a good point about um, the tool. I think I think I kind of shamelessly exploited it in sort of my interview process where I followed up with like another deck I had done for my other agency <laughs> and it was filled with proprietary information. So I had to go through and, and block out everything I couldn't legally share with you. But hey, I presented this and put it together. So please hire me kind of thing. Yeah. It, ended up, it ended up working for me, but um, <laughs> it was, a, you know, as an interviewee, shamelessly exploit like that, like send yeah. uh, send anything that can help you, you know, as long as it's not uh, an annoyance or, or a burden for sure. No, I agree. I totally agree. Um, so what's number four? <sighs> number four, slow communication. Um, you know, there's a really a general theme to all of these in, in just uh, interest in the position or enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, as, as someone who's hiring, I want to see enthusiasm, but slow communication is frankly just a huge red flag for me uh and but just be responsive yeah be responsive but especially if i'm if i'm asking um like hey is there uh you know can you interview can you touch base next week or like or you know something like that and then they they wait a day to tell me that they want to interview here or something like that then uh that's bad yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know if they really wanted that that position they would they would respond to that email in like kind of timely manner some 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 people take like a couple days uh mm. and uh yeah, it's not good and, and it's it can even creep up like post interview where uh you know you're trying to get them onboarded or something like that and then um you know they've they're taking like days and days to like respond to those emails or something like that like that, that yeah. could be a red flag so slow communication like in general i just job. i have yeah. like yeah um you know it just it just again shows like you know oh, well, plus like it's it's just important for any role like it's, yeah. it's important for all of our roles but um yeah it's definitely one that i i think is a, a bit of a bit of a, a misstep when when people are you know not not proactively responding yeah just be responsive i think that's pretty easy to to sort of process yeah what what's the uh devil's advocate what's the opposite of that what what is being too persistent having too many follow-ups being too pushy because i i know that there's you know there's yeah. continuing on both sides either don't follow up or you send you know three emails like in consecutive days asking the status uh where do you say the balance lies oof wow that's a good question i hmm and have you experienced someone who has been too persistent yeah yeah I did did recently actually um <laughs> Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully they don't watch the, or listen to the podcast, but call him John Smith. Yeah. So, so John Smith, uh, had applied, um, and then, you know, I, I responded saying, uh, you know, thanks. Like we're, we're just gathering a few more applications. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get back in the next like week or so. Um, once we have a bigger candidate pool, like try, mm -hmm. try to just say like, you know, not right now, but like when I'm, when we're in evaluation mode. Um, he followed up twice uh, before the scheduled or you know before we were able to schedule an interview, just saying, "Hey, I'm still interested, still interested, still interested." Okay, sure. Like, looks like uh, next Friday or this Friday or something like that. Let's let's go ahead and schedule. So, so John Smith at this point had sent you know three uh, three correspondences uh, asking about like you know when he was going to get an interview, and then so we do the interview, and, and it was kind of the same thing. He was asking mm -hmm. about like decisions and everything else. Uh, and felt like a little bit too much. Uh, ironic also because he, John Smith, uh, was a person who uh, didn't uh, do any research or have good answers for why he wanted to work at John. That's very ironic. Did take the time to, uh, you know, be persistent, 
which you know great but but then that, gotta be able that, to back that up yeah but, but obviously that screams to me he wanted a job right <laughs> he didn't want to work a job for him he wanted a job how many companies was he spamming yeah how know? many exactly uh so yeah that was uh i i don't know i don't know if i have a hard answer but that felt like too much <laughs> right there, there's a balance i feel like yeah. again it goes back to common sense like just in general yeah and then as sort of the employer what's your stance on you know providing honest feedback like that like to someone who you felt could have done something better in the process i know you know if you know it, in the past like i would always ask for feedback regardless mm -hmm. of you know if i got a job or not um how honest do you normally get with that what's your kind of stance um i'll i'll be frank with anyone who asks it uh i i don't give uh feedback unsolicited and i don't give it if uh if they were a really lazy interview mm -hmm. um you know and they know yeah uh you know the, the one a lot of them a lot of them get get the sense and you know especially during the course of the interview like okay that didn't that didn't go particularly yeah. well <laughs> so uh but you know if if they ask i, I think it you know that's that's like a, a we need to provide that service and, and let them know because i think it helps them uh, improve and then sometimes you have to tell a candidate that you really liked like hey you were awesome uh, yeah the other person just knocked it out of the park yeah. and you know if, if we we're able to hire both of you we would we're just not in that position um you know but obviously uh, we you know if you see another position down the line like feel free to apply i hate those yeah that's those are those are the bad ones it's almost easier when there's a, a clear decision and the people who didn't really get on to the last round it's because of a clear mistake but sometimes people didn't make yeah. mistakes. sometimes yeah, yeah. it's literally just two great candidates you gotta choose between one totally and there was actually one yesterday um a different candidate who who had asked for for that feedback and it was it was one of the candidates that didn't have an answer for um what did you think of the like he applied for a very specific role but didn't didn't look at uh how Jotform was doing those those mm -hmm. things uh and uh yeah i was pretty blunt i was like well you know you were applying for a x position and you didn't bother checking drop forms x you know mm -hmm. uh, you seemed uh, really likable otherwise, but unfortunately that was, you know, that's a, that was a deal breaker. And, you know, always check the X people. Yeah. And, you know, he, he responded just saying like, super helpful, appreciate it. Yeah. Keep that in mind. And you're like, you know, that's fine. And it, was, it kept, it was, it was positive, yeah. but it was just, uh, and hopefully that does help them, you know, hopefully yeah. they do take it to heart, you know, yeah, and yeah. You help them get in their next position. And I think I cut you off before your last and oh, final yeah, number five. Yeah. Not asking questions. Uh, mm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a stickler on this one too. I, I think that's like, if you're interested in something, you're, you're going to ask questions and I try to provide so many opportunities to ask questions. You know, I do it also do. in the yeah. initial form screen. Like I save time and, you know, and over the last like five or 10 minutes, if we're doing an initial like 30 minute one, um, some people will like proactively ask questions kind of throughout, which I, I kind of have like mixed feelings about, but like. Sometimes they'll, they're engaged and you can kind of tell that. And, um, and you know, you, I, I don't know. I, I always, I always prefer them to be over ask than under ask, I guess. Uh, can um, you elaborate on the mixed feelings you have about the questions? I don't, I, I guess as an interviewer, I don't like, uh, when someone interrupts or I, I yeah. feel like they're like, um, uh, kind of like steering the conversation. Cause then I'm not getting any of the questions that I ask, but if they're asking questions, um, sort of as a response to the questions that I'm mm -hmm. asking, like if it's, if it's an actual dialogue, 
versus them like bulldozing in with like their questions and like I you know right. I can't well, you know yeah so. I also think you're good about from from what I remember you're good at setting up the conversation like we're gonna ask a few questions of you and then we'll have a few a few minutes at the end for you to ask questions yeah I think if they're smart they catch on to that and don't start bulldozing with questions because right. they know like there's a, there's an opening for that but yeah 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 I, yeah and for that for that same reason um but yeah I think uh, boy not asking questions is such a <laughs> such a problem for me. So I, I think that's you just know, again, showing basic interest. Yeah. Got to yeah. show interest. Yeah. yeah. Got to yeah. show you want it. Got to want on, it. people. Always, yeah. always. Well, there you have it. The, uh, the, the top five no-nos for Chad Reed. If you're <laughs> a remote interviewee, not doing research, not having a good answer for why you want to work at the company, not having a thank you, follow up, slow communication and not asking questions. Um, is there anything else you'd like to cover in general about the whole process? Anything we didn't talk about here, anything you'd like to end on? I think we, uh, we covered some ground. I mean, I, I would just say use shot form. <laughs> shot form. Yeah. There you go. I mean, we, we really do use our own product yeah, a know, lot this, for this. It's, interviewing. Place where it, we it's become, uh, yeah. yeah, it's become really a staple and, uh, I think it's cool because it introduces them to our product. Uh, it causes us to use our product and it's also just helpful uh, yep. all around. So use Jot Form, work with Jot Form, you know, whatever it is. For sure. Uh, in any case, well, thank you everyone for joining us. I believe that's all our time for today. Uh, next time we'll be talking about public relations. So I'll be speaking with Annabelle Mall, our director of communications, giving Chad Reed a break here. Uh, but thanks. thanks for joining us. Third time's a charm. <laughs> thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>